Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. He's wondering this morning, the long-awaited drought is over. Does it sound more impressive when you go down in history, if it's your first championship now that we're sitting here in 2020, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, is it the first championship since 1988 or the first championship in 32 years? Which makes you sound more legendary after the wait ends? I thought you would be more excited. You didn't really come in today dancing. It just it didn't... It wasn't well, maybe was it the same as the Lakers? How would you compare the two championships? Well, let me answer Z's first question. Yes, I like the thirty-two. Sounds it just doesn't sound as long. Eighty-eight just well, sounds it's not. thirty-two and eighty-eight. It's the same, but it just sounds hella long when you say eighty-eight. Think about all the things we had in the eighties. We don't even think about now. Yeah, it's like thirty-two years. It's like oh, okay, that's not that long. But then when you say nineteen eighty-eight, it's like that just sounds very very bad. Now to answer your question. When you don't go to sleep till 1 o'clock in the morning because you got to watch all the post game, you got to see people celebrate, people talk, this and that, and then you got to wake up at a certain hour, you still, you know, it took me about an hour to really get up and get going once I got in the studio. That's why I wasn't, like, hype. I'm just curious, though, like, which one feels like it was – they're both celebratory situations, right? Both your teams. But if you had to rank, like, where, which one meant more maybe? I don't. I don't think they both have the same meaning, much like the skipper Dave Roberts said about Angelinos in, in Los Angeles. But I think when you think about the Lakers in everything, uh, from it's it just from the start of the NBA season in China to the negativity to everything that went on with that. Then you come full circle all the way back around and losing to Kobe and his daughter Gigi to the the unrest in in America to all the unnecessary things that we've been going through to uh, uh, the pandemic, to the in and out of the, the, the bubble and the this and the that and the hate on LeBron and all. It just, that feels a little bit different, mm. right? We're, we're not getting any hate on the Dodgers. It's like, oh, the Dodgers won. There's no hate on the Dodgers, right? Where there was felt like major hate on the Lakers and LeBron in, 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 in AD and just, it just felt different now. It's like, yeah, fools now. Well, we won. <laughs> what y'all got to say now? Title Town. Doesn't feel that way about the Dodgers. I agree. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Key loves when I mentioned that. I think part of the reason there isn't that much hatred is because there was a lot of people rooting for Clayton Kershaw. Obviously, LeBron is a polarizing individual. We don't completely get that. But for Clayton Kershaw, listen, give me, let me give you some numbers here. 175 regular season wins. That's one thing. Three times he's won the Cy Young. Eight times he's been an all-star. But despite all those numbers, 175 regular season wins. It's just two wins in one postseason that has turned the tide for the way people think about him, even though his resume is as good as anybody that's ever towed the rubber, putting the baseball in their left hand. After the game, Finally, can we do this right? Don't ask about Clayton Kershaw's legacy during the series, okay? The series is now over. He has cemented his legacy, and here's Kay on it. Won the World Series. The, the 2020 Dodgers won the World Series. Like, who, who cares about all that other stuff? To be a part of that team, um, all that other stuff is just pointless. It doesn't matter. We won. It's great. Yeah. And, it's like, and, listen and, to you. It, well, it's, it's, it's true, though, but... In a way, if you are a Clayton Kershaw fan or a fan of baseball and a fan of the history of baseball, 
and you look at some of the great players that's ever played. Um, I've always, as a professional athlete, one of the things that scared me the most was being able to be a good football player and never win a Super Bowl and never be a part of a winning Super Bowl team. I was scared to death of that, Jay. Mm. That was just because I never wanted to be the guy that, they, oh, he's the number one pick. He did all this. Look at his numbers. He did this, he's, he's that. But he never won. He never won a Super Bowl. And when I go back and I think about Ernie Banks, I, I've heard, I heard it as a kid because I was a baseball player. Oh, Ernie Banks is great. He was this, he's that. You know, he put up all these numbers, Z, and he just never won. So that, to me, was scary. So when I look at Clayton Kershaw, he's won three Cy Young Awards, eight All-Star appearances, and, you know, multiple strikeouts, this, that, the other, da-da-da-da-da. And it took two games in game one and game five and a championship in game six to turn the narrative on his career now, just like that, bam. Right. We thought a couple of years ago it was going to happen when he took the ball after pitching the night before, and then he came back on no rest, basically, and dealt for a couple innings. We thought that was going to change the narrative. It didn't happen that way because they wind up losing the World Series. It reminds me of John Elway. This one's for you, John. Four championships, it was like 80 what was it, 87, 88, something like that? 86, 87, 86, 89, and those legendary words said by the late, great Pat Bolin, yeah. this one's for you, John. And by the way, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl when Elway was an executive, he raised the trophy after Super Bowl 50 and said, this one's for Pat. And so in football, we looked Nobody at John. Nobody with mask on that team, right? What's that? Nobody with mask on that team. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> man. 2015, pre-pandemic. Oh, okay, okay. Pre-pandemic. It, 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 it was one of those deals where Elway was so great, but he hadn't won a championship and, you know, it's like, well, is he going to retire and get out of here without a championship? Then in comes Terrell Davis, Hall of Fame running back, uh, comes in from Georgia, and all of a sudden the running game is going, and Elway looks like a little bit of a rebirth, and they go on and win two back-to-back championships, and that narrative of John Elway changed forever. And I think this is what has happened with Clayton Kershaw. When you think about it, where does the Dodgers stand right now with regards to next year? Next year, we always... Yeah, we ain't, it's too fast, man. Wait. Too fast. So, can I get my two cents on that question real Go quick? ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I, I heard Jessica Mendoza talk about this last <clears throat> night, late last night. Um, that, and I just want to give Clayton so much credit. You know, after the way things ended last year, I think the consensus out about Clayton is at times he was a little bit hard-headed and stubborn as it came to his conditioning, his body, making sure that his body was able to be at peak performance at the right time. He got on the plane after that game and went out to Seattle and automatically started training and getting his body ready for that moment. And now after the way he played, I think it's easy for Clayton to sit up there and say, this is about winning a World Series because he played exponentially well in the two games that he pitched, that he started, game one and game five, what you just alluded to, Key. And the forever moment that is ingrained in my mind now by Clayton Kershaw is him coming out of the bullpen, running towards his teammates, looking into the sky, just saying, thank you. Thank you. Just giving thanks to giving praise. It's, uh, these are the type of stories that in 2020 make your heart feel warm for somebody. You want to see people be successful that have put in the time and the work and have gone through adversity. Yeah. And, and, you know, out in LA, maybe not from a national standpoint, but in from a regional standpoint, it was heavy criticism of us giving him an extension a couple years ago. Now that extension looks great. Now, you know, Walker Bueller's our number one ace. Clayton Shaw, Clayton Kershaw is basically our number two, number one, if we need him in certain situations, 
but now money spent well, right? Money spent well. If we lose this uh, to the Rays in a seven-game series, then now we're going back and we're looking at all of the money that we spent on Clayton Kershaw, the extended bonus that we gave Clayton Kershaw, so to speak, because his play had kind of tapered down Mm -hmm. over the last several years in the regular season, obviously in the postseason. So in and out of the lineup, back issues, scratches right before games, just all of the sort of things. But this has come full circle for him. And, And let me not forget, he was one of the first Major League Baseball players this offseason or this spring to step up and understand and try to understand and get an understanding of what black Americans are going through. He was, you know, I want to hear, I want to listen, I want to be a part. He was one of the first to do that. And that's very notable because Major League Baseball as a whole has been very behind the other sports in doing that. So when one of the biggest stars in your sport that has been bereft of doing that actually does it, it does speak volumes. Some of those words, bereft of doing this. (laughs) Bereft. There had been a lack. Uh, no lack of money, by the way. Key mentioned the uh, salary, the extension for Clayton, three years, $93 million. He signed through the 2021 season. The big issue now after the 2020 season is when free agents say, I want to go get some money. Baseball had a great crowning yeah. achievement for the Dodgers. You know what the owners are going to say? Hey, by the way, we played without fans this year. I don't got any money for you. That's another story for another day, but that's the next big story percolating in Major League Baseball. A reminder, we're brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, 65 bucks a month, unlimited talk, text data, and more. See Mobile Protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. We love... Okay. He's so stupid. Jay is masking up too. Literally, no chances. You better make sure it fit over your nose. No, it does. <laughs> you guys are unbelievable. It's extra wide. I can say no, that, Z, e- you can't. Once can. again, another thing I can't say. I can say this, though. We're going to fill in the blank. The biggest <laughs> issues with the Cowboys is fill in the blank. We could do that till 10 Eastern time. And thoughts on Justin Turner being on the field maskless, unlike Jay at the moment. <laughs> fill in the blank. Chishon, Jay, Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. He's celebrating a second championship in 16 days. Yeah, you know, I'm getting so tired of winning, you know. It's <laughs> one of those deals. <laughs> you want to talk about 
some amazing things here with Los Angeles in the year we lost Kobe and to gain two championships. It's just poetic justice all the way through. We'll talk about the World Series throughout the morning. We'll talk a little NFL with our Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark, here in 13 minutes, including everything going on with Tom Brady and his Steelers, whether they're being a little disrespected as the league's lone unbeaten team and Ben still trying to edge his way into the MVP conversation. And that's where we'll begin, fellas, with fill in the blank. It's as simple as this. I'll start a sentence. You finish it and back it up. And speaking of the Steelers, I just mentioned their record. That's one way you could finish this sentence. But the Steelers are fill in the blank. Well, they're Super Bowl contenders. They, they, they are the number two team right now in the AFC. Could be number one. Just depends on that matchup. I don't know what that matchup would look like. I got, I got to see it. I got to see Kansas City versus Pittsburgh. But I also know what Ben Roethlisberger means to this football team. They were playing around with Duck Hodges in Mason Rudolph and almost made the playoffs. So imagine what Ben brings to the table. It's like inserting Tom Brady into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense instead of Jameis Winston. That's just what it is. You wow. get a big difference. Steelers are 6-0, and only team in the NFL, and still underrated. Still underrated. Like They're not the sexy team. They don't have all the toys that Kansas City does. They don't have all the toys – that, you know, Seattle does with DK Metcalf chasing down cars, right? They don't have Antonio Brown like Tampa Bay, yet they're undefeated and they're right there. Yep, and to Key's point, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, they were in the playoff hunt on the final day of the regular season last year. They were eliminated on the final day, so what could they do with a healthy Big Ben? He could be in the MVP conversation. It's our poll question this morning, what I'm about to ask. Fellas, the NFL MVP right now is... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers for me. I... I, I Look at him last week. He went ridiculous with uh, Devontae Adams in the lineup. You talk about what he did the week before against the Buccaneers, didn't play so well, getting Devontae Adams back, his main weapon, his main target. But this this football team is built around Aaron Rodgers, both on the defense and the offensive side of the ball. You've seen the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers, and you've seen them with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Totally different team. Brett Huntley. Remember that? I do remember it was like, Brett Huntley. Ooh, God, no. <laughs> so you don't ever want to go back to those memories again if you're a Green Bay Packer fan. NFL MVP right now is Aaron Rodgers, but he will not wind up being an MVP. Okay. Um, think about this. His last remaining games, he plays the 49ers, two meetings with Chicago, and then against the Colts. So we're getting a chance to see him against big-time defenses and how he responds to that, whereas Patrick Mahomes, I think, will end up winning MVP. I think they're going to end up around 14-2, and two, and he has the best touchdown-interception ratio in the league with 16 touchdowns to one interception. As we right should now. mention uh, the fellas on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and the ladies, everybody that's voting. Right now, 54% of you have chosen, indeed, Russell Wilson. So Key's got Aaron Rodgers. Jay's got a short-term and long-term answer. Right now, all of you on the Twitter feed, more than half are choosing Russell Wilson. Hit us up, Key, Jay, and Z. We'd love to get your reaction. Ooh, I like this one. The best team in the AFC is fill-in-the-blank. Kansas City. Kansas City's the best team. Getting Le'Veon Bell and getting him up to speed is is going to give them a huge, huge boost. But Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, I mean, I can go on and on and on about what they have 
on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is playing okay, not bad, not great, just a good defense that you can win with. Get better in the second half of the season, much like they did last year into the playoffs. You don't have to be a lights-out defense where you have a Patrick Mahomes and the offensive weapons that they have. You don't have to be that way on defense in the regular season. It's Kansas City. It's not close. Straight sweep there for the fellas. Okay, now, I, again, this question could take us right to 10 a.m. Eastern time, so let's try to uh, let's try to be concise as we can. The biggest issue with the Dallas Cowboys is fill in the blank. The coach. Mm. Coach Mike McCarthy. He hired the defensive coordinator. He hired his staff. They're not getting the most out of their players. Their players, to a degree, has taken on the personality of Mike McCarthy or, that, or not taken on the personality right. of Mike McCarthy, depending right. on – who are you talking to, right? If if Mike McCarthy is retained at the end of the season, if for whatever reason they should just blow it up and start over, get people in there that have the same personality and visions and goals as Mike McCarthy. Get some of his ex-players that he jailed with that can still play, that may be in Green Bay, that are free agents that they can get to, get, to send that message to teach them something. Most head coaches will go out and get – players that they had a great relationship with and try and get them to bring him, bring them in so that they could kind of, you know, teach the, teach the message, whatever that message is so that everybody can kind of get on the same page. Cause right now, man, the Cowboys are a hot mess. The biggest issue with the Dallas Cowboys is their lack of leadership. And that's everyone in the organization from Jerry Jones down to the equipment manager. I put it on everyone. It's just not a Mike McCarthy problem. It's Ezekiel Elliott problem. It's a Jerry Jones problem. It's the head of player personnel. It's all the above. D. So, Jay going from top to bottom. Uh, speaking of Jerry uh, going off the other day, shut up and listen to this next question. MLB's decision. That's the tone we need. MLB's decision to let Justin Turner celebrate on the field after testing positive is fill in the blank. Was it, was it MLB's decision? Because they wanted him to quarantine inside, and then Justin Turner and his teammates decided to take it to the field. So it's more of a Dodger decision, I would think, more so than a Major League Baseball decision, right. correct? Let's modify it. Well, Letting Justin Turner celebrate on the field after testing positive is open-ended. I mean, it's wild, but I get it. Like, I don't want to condone it because obviously it's dangerous. It's a wrong message to be sending. The optics, the eyes, people seeing as we continue to criticize things of, of not wearing masks, social distancing. We try to practice safe, healthy, all those things. But then he goes out there and he celebrates with his teammates, and his teammates, they don't seem to mind. Hell, the manager was sitting next to him without the mask on. So it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> he was the first one to get the call that says he got to remove him from the game. So it's right. kind of like I, I get it, I guess. I mean, I, I don't want to say no because I think if it was me, I would probably embrace my teammates celebrating with me in that type of moment, knowing what it is. I, I just, I don't know, it's just me. So I'll keep the question the way it is. Got MLB's it. decision to let Justin Turner celebrate in the field testing positive is irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Now, look, I, feel, I would feel differently as a teammate. As a teammate, I want to see JT there. Hang out with me. Hang out on the field. Party. Just have your damn mask on the whole time you're out here. You gotta, I don't, I'm not going to stop you from hanging, partying. Just have your mask on. 
But I, I think, once again, this is a bigger indictment on Major League Baseball. You can't say we're going to pull you from the game in the eighth inning and you have to quarantine, and then at the same time we let you go out on the field and hang out with your teammates. But how Which is one it, is it? But how is it Major League Baseball's problem Because they, they already told the am, Dodgers? Because I am the umbrella. You are under me. But what, what are they going to do? The Dodgers the the are under me because I am MLB. It's my job, just like the NBA controls what NBA teams can do. Well, but at the end of, uh, end of a World Series, he's celebrating with his teammates. What is Major League Baseball going to call down and say, "Get off the field"? But you don't think Major League Baseball has security? They don't have. They they're don't not have. Getting ready to they don't go. have protocol or people in place. They're not that, getting ready to go. I, I'm through not. That, look, that this moment? is not me. This is not me hating on Justin Turner. I think he's incredible, and I want to see. You said him. that. I didn't say that. Well, I am saying it. Yes, I want to see him. Be with his teammates, and I want him to have fun. Obviously, he's a major piece of this team that helped them win the World Series. But at some degree, when does Major League Baseball have accountability and own this? They're the ones that yanked them from the game for the positive COVID test. They're the ones that did that, not the Dodgers. Yeah, but the Dodgers are right there with him, Jay. And if the Dodgers had a problem I'm with not, him celebrating, they he, would say no. I'm not giving the Dodgers... I'm not allowing them that opportunity. I'm taking it out of their hands. I am Major League Baseball, man. <laughs> I don't think that was going to go over well. Well, it's it not going, going over well today, is it? Like we're, we're talking about this today because of that. I'm not criticizing it. I don't really care. If the teammates are with it, then I'm all with it. I'll give you one last word from the manager, Dave Roberts, to Jay's point. When somebody is diagnosed with the coronavirus, the last thing you want to do is get near that person. Dave Roberts on the rationale after he got word about Justin Turner, quote, I just know I had to get him out of the game after the seventh inning. I'm still trying to learn, but I can't wait to see him. <laughs> I mean, that all comes see, there you go. This is such a big conversation, guys, because look, if, if I just won an NBA championship or a World Series, I'm celebratory. I'm happy. I want to be with my teammates. They're my brothers. I get all that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not so asking Dave Roberts to make that decision. I'm not asking Clayton Kershaw to make Major that decision. Major League Baseball wasn't going to take a dude out who's celebrating with his team, Jay. They took him out of the game. Yeah, but taking him out of the game, the game is over. We're out of the bubble now. The game is over. You're not out of the bubble. You're still no, in the bubble. The celebrating over. the game. The game's over. No, Key. No. You don't have to worry about whether or not we got to postpone the game you anymore. You do have to the worry about it. The season's over. We're talking about nah. it today, and it will be a conversation that will happen I, throughout I'm, all media. I'm, never, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not going to be a conversation that needs to be had. I'm not saying that. What I am saying simply is that Major League Baseball is not going to take him off the field from celebrating with his teammates when when the season is over and nothing else is left to jeopardize. What do you, what, what do you, there's nothing else left to jeopardize for Major League but Baseball. people's health. That, they don't care at that moment about that. Well, think about that. They, they don't I'm, care about people's I, health. I'm telling you, at that moment, and they were not going to remove... I'm saying the they're lack not of containment gonna, of it. They're not going to remove him from celebrating. You just, okay. They're not going to remove oh, him from oh celebrating. That's why they didn't so, do anything. So he got removed from the game. Yes. He they got removed, quarantined after the game. And they so, removed him from the, the game. The game is over. Let's say the Dodgers lose, though. The game is over. What if the Dodgers lose, right? They lose the game. They uh-huh. lose the game. Now, all of a sudden, what, 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 four or five, six or seven, wait, eight people. Wait a second. If the Dodgers lose the game, is he still saying quarantine? Wait, listen to me, though. If the Dodgers lose the game. And all of a sudden, they don't have enough players because everybody's started to test positive. Now Major League Baseball got to cancel the game for several days or whatever the case may be. That's a different conversation. The season's over. They, it's like everybody ready to go home now. I, they, I, I, I'm just – I just think you're, you're treading down very 
challenging territory because then you're saying well, the season's call, over. Call Nobody Manfred, cares. Man. Get him on we should get him up. back on it. Yeah, get Manfred, Manfred call in. Colin, I want to talk to you about it. Because now up. you're telling me what the narrative is. Well, the season's over. We don't really care anymore. We no. don't really care about health. That's what you're saying. You don't think you? So you really think? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that they do. I'm Lay out. Saying, we got to get the sports center. All right. <laughs> I actually would love to see this conversation continue. Manfred did join us once on the Shell Penzo performance line during game one of the World Series before game one. So if the commission or anybody in Major League Baseball is listening and you want to come on today, hit us up. 88, say ESPN. On a more serious note, I want to mention one thing that should be noted is that uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers skipper, is a cancer survivor. So anybody that has a pre-existing condition, and he's just in his 40s, so you just don't know, quite know. He's not in the susceptible age, but he's not a young Man, buck he's anymore. 40? He's in his no. 40s. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Remember, he was the hero in many cases of the 2004 World Series run for the Red Sox. In one minute, are the Steelers running to a third Super Bowl with Ben? If so... Why is nobody talking about the NFL's only undefeated team? The question is, will they be perfect after they leave Baltimore on Sunday? The resumption of what I believe over the last 10 years has been the NFL's best rivalry. Yeah, it hasn't been played as often as Packers-Bears. Get all that. But it is quite something. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil, based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Ryan, simply out of the gate, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Why are we not talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, considering they are the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're the league's lone undefeated team? Why not more chatter? Well, I think it's not as pretty. Uh, Their quarterback's not in the MVP conversation. And, you know, this team hasn't been a part of the narrative as, you know, coming into the year. Everybody understood last year they were dealing without having their starting quarterback playing with guys like Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, but we're still 8-8. Eight eight. Everybody understands how great of a coach Mike Tomlin is, but the, the stories are more about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens. Those teams are sexier. Those uh, type of players, you know, they bring more eyes to the screen. But the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are playing great football. I don't necessarily know – that they've done anything to prove that we should put them at the top of at the top of our, our contenders, and I think this week goes a very long way into them being able to make a claim after beating the Tennessee Titans, and if they can beat the Baltimore Ravens, are saying that they are not only the best team in the AFC but maybe the NFL. But they're going to have to prove it on the grass. Ryan, what will it t- take for Big Ben to get in the conversation of MVP? You know, I don't think he's going to get in it. You know, I don't know if you could throw, you know, three interceptions in, in the second half of a game that, that you were handily in the lead of and, and, and people sort of think of you that way. And we obviously know what the numbers need to look like, even if a team um, is winning games at the clip that the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And I think we have – and it's not a big bend fatigue in the sense of how people get fatigued of LeBron James or people have gotten, gotten fatigued or they got fatigued with Michael Jordan, but just we've seen him for so long, and we kind of we kind of already have a perception of who Big Ben is and where he fits in the hierarchy of quarterbacks, or as we tear the quarterbacks off. And I don't think many people ever put him in that top tier with the guys like Tom Brady, with the guys like Aaron Rodgers, or where Drew Brees used to be. And I think those are normally the names we push for MVP. And to be honest, he hasn't had an MVP season. Maybe if this team continues to win, to continues to win and he can start playing a little more mistake-free ball, then maybe he gets in then. 
Uh, but right now, I don't even see him as a part of that conversation. You talked about Tom Brady, or you mentioned Tom Brady there. Tom Brady has a new toy that will be entering the building here soon in Antonio Brown. How much do you put on Tom Brady at getting Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> you know, Bruce Arian said Tom Brady didn't urge him at all to sign um, Antonio Brown. And maybe that's true. But I do believe when you have guys like Lamar Jackson uh, lobbying for Antonio Brown, Russell Wilson publicly lobbying for Antonio Brown, and he chooses Tampa Bay, I believe a large reason he makes that choice is because of Tom Brady. So I put a lot of uh, I put I put a lot of the reasoning why Antonio Brown is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer on Tom Brady on the synergy that he felt they had in New England on Tom Brady even offering his home up for Antonio Brown during his stay in New England. I think those things mattered to him. I think he felt that there was some sort of chemistry or even relationship with Tom Brady, and that's why he's in Tampa Bay. And maybe he also thinks that's the best place for him to revive his career. And so I don't think Bruce Arians had anything to do that with, with that necessarily. I don't think it was about Byron Leftwich. I believe Tom Brady is the reason Antonio Brown is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Indeed, the latest installment of the NFL's best current rivalry to many. Sunday in Baltimore, Ryan Clark played in so many of those games, he knows what it is like. It'll be a great Sunday of NFL on the way, and then we'll see Brady Monday night on ESPN against the New York Giants. Ryan, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks, RC. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Uh, yes, sir. Same to you, sir. On the way, baseball's best insider with late-breaking news on baseball's biggest story. Nope. Not the Dodgers winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. One of their players testing positive for COVID during the series clincher. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In the words of baseball insider Jeff Passan coming here in just one moment. If you're just waking up, essentially, the story we should be talking about on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is the Dodgers, Keys Dodgers, winning their first World Series since 1988 or 19. 19- or it's in 32 years, whichever sounds more impressive to Key. He's going 88, I think. No, 32. 32. 32 years doesn't sound as long as 88. You know what I'm saying? Because think about 88. We don't even talk about what went on in the 80s. It just sounds long. Well, 88 is long because it's yeah, but longer than 32. Yes. <laughs> it just sounds better. Right. For the long-suffering fan base, you want to make sure it was worth every single moment 
of pain for all the elation they're getting now. Dodgers win 3-1, win the series in six, but it's being completely overshadowed. One of the grandest franchises in sports, winning a World Series championship after a three-decade-plus drought, is being overshadowed by one player having to leave the game due to a positive coronavirus test, and that is Justin Turner, but that is also so 2020. Jeff Passan is with us this morning. Jeff, I hear you have a little more details on what went on that allowed Turner to be on the field for the postgame celebration. Yeah, there's been nothing really allowed him to be on the field. He just chose to be on the field, and (laughs) nobody was going to drag him off after he won the World Series. He essentially said, I'm going out there, and nothing's going to stop me. I want to pose with the trophy. I want to be with my teammates. Uh, I want to celebrate like somebody who's won the World Series for the first time, and nothing was going to stop him. And uh, the fallout from that we're going to see over the next couple of days. Hopefully there are no other positive coronavirus tests on the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, but uh, uh, you know that all remains to be seen. As does how they're going to get back to Los Angeles, when they're going to go back. There are a lot of questions still. Jeff, I, I don't put this on Justin Turner, nor do I put this on the Dodgers. But how big of an indictment is this on the MLB? They're the ones that pulled him from the game in the eighth. There's the one that told him he needs to quarantine. You know, when we see these uh, leagues have championship games, there are people from the league office who are there. Security from league offices are there. Where Where is the MLB in all of this? Well, I think the security tried to stop him from going on there, but, he, you know, this is a guy who's COVID positive. So is security going to put their hands on him? Are they going to potentially contract the virus themselves? Probably not, but they uh, they didn't stop him from going out there and they didn't remove him. And uh, I think Rob Manfred's got some questions to answer about how that happened, about what protocols were in place and why they weren't followed. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Obviously, L.A. being the second biggest market for Major League Baseball outside of mm-hmm. New York and the Yankees, Major League Baseball don't want the headline story to be about COVID the day after the second biggest market had just won the championship, right? Of course not, but I think regardless of whether Justin Turner went onto the field or not, it was going to be a pretty interesting part of the story. I think the fact that he did go back out there makes it a much bigger story now because there are questions, why did he go back out there? How did he go back out there? Who allowed him back out there? How did they not stop it? Jeff, what are, what are you hearing around the league this early morning about his teammates embracing the fact that he was able to join them for a big celebration. I'm going to go and pull up a text message here that I got from a general manager. Um, It said, a super spreader event on live TV. Welcome to 2020. (laughs) And I'm going to pull up a DM that I got from an active player. Is it here? No, it's not, but essentially it said, what the F is going on? And that's kind of the thought around baseball. And and yet, you guys were players. Let's put you in that same situation. You'd gotten cut seven years ago, and this organization gave you a chance. You blossomed into an all-star, into a guy who gets MVP votes, someone who's made $50 million, somebody who's a leader in the clubhouse and is seen as one of the voices and wants to celebrate this thing that he has worked so hard to celebrate. Would you have gone back out there? You know, as a teammate, I'm okay with it. I don't know if it was me that had tested positive. 
I, I don't know because it would have had to have happened in the moment that I would have probably responded and reacted to my teammates and my coaches and people around me. If they was embracing the situation, most likely I would have joined. But if if Jay Will, for instance, is tested positive and he's my teammate, I'm come on, man. But you see, but Jeff, that's I, me. I, yeah, this is so subjective, Jeff, because I'm different. Yep. I would have wanted to celebrate with my teammates. I just would have wore a mask and I would have done it differently. But uh, it's yeah, also and, it's and easy Justin, to here's say the thing, that Justin now, Turner, right? Justin, Justin Turner did wear a mask out originally, but there were a couple of instances where cameras got him. He was talking to his wife, taking pictures with her, gave her a kiss, mask was off, and he was sitting down on the field for the team picture. To his left was the championship trophy. To his right was Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, who 10 years ago was diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. So he's a cancer survivor. He's a person who has a pre-existing condition, and Justin Turner and Dave Roberts both were maskless at that point. Now, Dave Roberts told Fox later on, uh, I think it was something to the effect that I didn't touch him. Um, but, you know, he was he was in the same vicinity. It wasn't for 15 minutes. It wasn't close contact as defined by the CDC. But uh, the optics on it, as Andrew Friedman, the president of baseball operations, said, not good. But see, Jeff, this, this is why I don't want to make this conversation about Justin Turner, because he just won a championship. Like he's nobody thinks right when they win a championship. I won a championship in college. <laughs> I wasn't thinking right. I wasn't thinking rationally. This is where the responsibility lies upon MLB. Like if somebody gets quarantined for a positive COVID test result, do you take them mm-hmm. out of the arena? Do you remove them far enough where they don't have the optionality of bullying people to say, I'm just going to go back in and celebrate with my team? That, that's, that's the main question here. Yeah, and, and I think the way that the protocol is written is that the person is supposed to isolate until they can go home. And Justin Turner chose uh, not to isolate until he was able to go home. That'll be a question that is going to have to be asked repeatedly. The contact tracing, everything that Friedman said the Dodgers are going to have to go through this morning. Oftentimes when you win a championship, you don't sleep at night. You're bleary-eyed, the champagne. But in this particular case, priorities call. You're not going to Disney World. You're not doing anything. You are contact tracing and getting tested. Welcome to 2020. And that is another reason why Jeff is the best insider in baseball, to take us inside those text messages from some of the biggest people in the sport Great insight this morning. Really appreciate you joining us, Jeff. Thank you. And hopefully we'll talk to you at some point when inevitably free agency starts and the owners say they don't have any money to pay the players. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when I get some sleep. But either way, it works, Evan. I appreciate it, buddy. Great Thanks, to have Jeff. Jeff Get Passen some sleep, man. Get some sleep. On the program. That no be... chance, Key. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be up working this story. This is a gigantic story. You'll see Jeff throughout the day on ESPN Radio and on SportsCenter, plenty to discuss, guys. All right, so Jeff gave us a little bit of clarity here, but all morning long, you guys have been as hot on this issue as anything we've done since we started this program. You know, he did have a mask on at times. He didn't have it on next to Roberts. He didn't have it on when he kissed his wife. Got it. I understand what Jay Will is talking about. Major League Baseball should do something about it. But let's not forget, Los Angeles is the second largest city in America in terms of sports, or just in general, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the media capital outside of New York. Major League Baseball certainly probably didn't want to get in the way of the, of the Lakers, the Dodgers celebrating and being the headline story. However, the Justin Turner situation seems to kind of caught up 
to the Dodgers winning the world championship and has somewhat, for us in the morning, has surpassed the Dodgers winning that championship. Major League Baseball didn't want to wake up with this headache by no stretch of imagination. So pulling Justin Turner off of the field is one thing. Having him not celebrate with his teammates is another. Headline, Justin Turner pulled off field, can't celebrate with teammates, historical victory, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they wanted to get into that type of battle. I think it's just a shame because we all we should be talking about right now is the fact that the Dodgers won the World Series, and yet here we are. And I, I think as a fan in 10 years from now, I, I will remember that the Dodgers won the World Series, but that will be secondary. I will more so remember primarily about how the season started with Juan Soto being benched with the Nationals, playing the Yankees, defending world champions, right, due to COVID. And then fast forward that to the end of the season, hosting up the World C- Series trophy, Justin Turner, who was COVID positive, being on the field celebrating with his teammates. Ten. That's the whole nine, picture. Eight. That's Seven. key counting He's out us to a our radio counts. Five. You got a little more than that. <laughs> on the way, now you can start your now count. Now you can start the 10 count. Much more on this. The fellows are fired up. Plus, with this backdrop, how's the NBA going to return in December? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. <laughs> 